member Commandira Smith. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited. Well, firstly, thank you for allowing me into this amazing space of yours. Uh, and I'm really super excited to dive in with you today. Yes, I, I'm super excited. You're joining me, of course, from Australia. Yes. Whereabouts in Australia? I am in um, uh, the Queensland, the sunny, the sunny state. So I'm in Queensland, Australia. Um, okay. <laughs> don't know if my accent kind of comes out a bit more there. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's why I added the of course uh, part. But <laughs> for people who don't know Australia, is that on the east side, the west side? That's on the east side. So, so the east um, side. North, uh, north. East, yeah. So we're kind of at the top there. So we get all the beautiful sunshine and the, which yeah, which is why we're called the Sunshine State. We're a bit of a uh, sunny, also a bit humid as well. All right, and it's it's funny because we're on video right now, Amber and I, and mm. and of course my viewers can only hear us. So, uh, <laughs> but right now it's beautiful and sunny in in uh, in Amber's room. Oh, so I'm quite it's jealous. Perfect weather. I know. Like I mentioned before, I've had to really put my blind down, but you can still see the sun is just streaming through. It's just a bit intense. To- Intense today. <laughs> of course. Uh, so Amber is joining me because she does something really, really special with food. And in particular, you are, I guess, I guess I'll describe you as a cake and cupcake um, expert in terms of uh, decoration oh, like and that. art. Would, 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 um, would cake artist be the right way to describe you? Yes, look, uh, most definitely. I usually flick between uh, cake designer or cake artist. I, it's funny uh, you should mention that because there is people really fling around a few different words. So there's a cake decorator. Some people like to be called cake artists or come some cake designers. Um, and typically I always, uh, just for kind of layman's terms, I always usually use the word cake decorator because everyone really understands what that is. Um, but actually, I kind of see myself as more of an artist and designer. I actually think there are two, those are two distinct, like different names. Um, so what I love to do in my business is, well, I'm actually a graphic designer turned cake decorator. <laughs> so I use my design skills to help amateur and experienced cake decorators to take their skills to the next level so they can create amazing edible art. So I want to take people from cake decorator to cake designer and artist. That's nice. my big, big, big goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you're, you're, you used to be a graphic designer. Now you're mm. the founder and owner of Kami's Cupcakes, which by the way, guys, yeah. has no relation to the Communist Party. No, it is actually a it does not. <laughs> it, it is just like typical Australians. <laughs> we just shorten everything. And I know typical s- slang as well. So, you know, a liquor store, I, I don't think you guys have liquor stores, but a liquor store is a bottle o you know, where you buy your alcohol, uh, electricians are leckies um we just shorten everything like australia aussies like you know so uh when i was a graphic designer i was working in a very small team of five people and there was also another amber on that team and so uh, who was also a graphic designer and we were the only two designers there so it was quite confusing (laughs) so uh then it was uh kind of determining which nickname that they should give me. So I was known as Big Amber because I was taller or um, Ams or, yeah, but but it was still really quite confusing. And then um, they just decided to shorten my nickname from Commodira to Commie. So <laughs> it's actually a very affectionate little name and I actually hated it. 
I absolutely hated it when they first started calling me that, but it stuck and it kind of grew on me. <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> nice. I like it. It's 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 um it's easy to to remember too. Kami's cupcakes. That's good. <laughs> and it, you know, <laughs> you can't forget that. No. Uh, so okay. So tell me a little bit here. Let's get started. In regards to your career, you you left graphic design, uh, which is a you know it's kind of a very popular field. It's a it's also a field that where people these days, at least from my experience, are underpaid for the kind of work that they do as well. So oh. and it's a highly stressful job, I would imagine. Um, so oh. what led you to actually switch careers? Yeah, look, it, it kind of was almost like it accidentally kind of stumbling into it. <laughs> but when I, um, like, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I, I wasn't really academic at all. And I found value in my creativity. I used to love sewing and uh, photography and pretending I was a dancer, all that kind of artist um, uh, artistic kind of hobbies that you can think of. That's where I found my value in myself. Um, cause I used to always kind of had that comparison of like, why am I not smarter like everyone else? Why am I not getting this like anyone else? And having those kind of creative hobbies really allowed me to flourish. And like I said, first find value in myself. Um, and then when I uh, finished school, I was offered a full-time job as a graphic designer and I honestly couldn't even believe it <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, someone's paying me to actually use my creativity. Like that's a, that's amazing. And I absolutely loved my job. I loved that. For those of you who aren't aware of what a graphic designer is, we kind of design marketing collateral for businesses. So anything from logos to billboards to car wraps, um, anything that's designed, that's that's what we what we do. And I loved uh, collaborating with businesses and just seeing their brands flourish under the branding that I've created for them. It it was so rewarding. And I honestly thought I would be in that job for the rest of my life. But unfortunately there came a time a few years later where I was so unfulfilled and stagnated and just totally uninspired in what I was doing. And looking back, it really just came down to the clientele that I was working with. So I was working with small businesses, I suppose, small to medium businesses. And uh, as I'm sure maybe you can appreciate as well, we have to wear many hats and it's bloody, <laughs> it's hard to keep up with it all. And, and usually, um, you know, especially small businesses, we don't have a lot of money to play with. So whenever, and I don't want to, to mark everyone in the same kind of, um, the same uh, brush, uh, because I know <laughs> stereotypes it doesn't all fit but typically a small business owner because they had such little money they wanted that control over the little money that they had so they would constantly nitpick at the designs I was doing uh, constantly correcting me for those who can't see I'm doing little, yeah, little <laughs> quotation air quotes. Emma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they weren't allowing me to do my job and of course, while I appreciate that graphic design is really a collaborative process with the other business, it just came to a point where I was just producing terrible design after terrible design. No one was taking my professional opinion seriously. And I just felt awful about myself. Um, and I, I felt like I, I wasn't talented at all. I couldn't use my creativity. And to have so many people undermine you constantly, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a, definitely a low point 
in my life. And that's when I realized that I really just needed a creative outlet away from my creative job. (laughs) And uh, it was around this time that the great Australian Bake Off aired in Australia, the first ever season. And I caught their first episode, which was all about cupcakes. And literally overnight, I was hooked. I was so, so obsessed. And you just ask my, my mom and my, my then boyfriend, but now husband, all I could, I, I just couldn't shut up about it. I was going on about all these amazing cakes I was going to make. And I think what happened really, I was just so desperate for, for something to, to fulfill me that I kind of grabbed onto the first thing that I saw <laughs> and kind of rolled with it. And my husband kind of uh, burst my bubble a little bit and he goes, well, Amber, you haven't actually, you don't make cakes and uh, you haven't actually worked with fondant before. Maybe you should actually take a class before you tell everyone <laughs> that you're actually going to be this amazing cake artist, <laughs> which, you know, he had a, he had a fair point. <laughs> sure, sure. So yeah, it was only about a month later. I took my first ever cake decorating class and it truly just cemented my obsession with the craft. It just made me feel so valued again and it it sparked the creativity and that inspiration and it and in a long in a long time it it made me feel so excited so excited about being creative and experimenting and oh and how, how I, long ago I, was that amber? Gosh, I think that was almost I lose track, honestly, probably about seven to eight years ago. So I'm curious, do you still, do you still feel that? Look, it's a little bit, a little bit different now. I suppose when I first dived into it, it was definitely this honeymoon period, um, like with anything, I think. And I suppose as it naturally kind of progressed into a business, I suppose it kind of, um, it kind of there's a lot of business is a lot more serious, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it adds um, a layer of admin, like administration, right? Yes, yeah. it totally, totally right. And so I still feel excitement and passion, but about different things now. It's it's amazing how you kind of grow uh, within your field, really. So I I was so excited experimenting and trying all these different uh, trends initially. And then um, I started to get requests from family and friends like, hey, could you make this cake for my birthday? I'm like, hell, sure. That would be awesome. And suddenly within, well, I don't say suddenly, but maybe in six to eight months, I was getting these referrals from within my local community from people I didn't even know. And then bam, I was suddenly in a business that I didn't expect to be in which was uh, an awesome, awesome ride and an awesome opportunity. So um, I think that now that I've been in business, I think like like consciously been in business, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think for about five years now, what more so excites me is teaching others. So I love that I can inspire creativity in other people in the same way that cake decorating did for me. Like it was my escape away from my nine to five job. It was this uh, like amazing euphoria. And I just love that I can help other people find their passion and be inspired through cake decorating as well. I guess it also, it also removes you from having to be the technician, from being the one yeah. who's actually baking the stuff. You can actually just, you know, pass <sighs> on knowledge, which is so, so, I mean, it's, it's very yes. much needed and it's also fun. It 
it's so rewarding, so rewarding. Like if I can just help one person improve their cake skills or, or give them that small little win or contribute somehow on their journey, I am so fulfilled. Like that feedback is so amazing. So it used to be that, you know, when people would receive my cake, like I'd take cake orders and they would eat my cakes. That would be the reward for me. Like, it's like that satisfaction, like, oh my God, I did a great job and they're eating it and they're so happy. And now it's transitioned to like watching and seeing people have those incredible aha moments when I teach them, oh, actually you do this with your fondant, or this is how you make that flower. Or it's really, really amazing. (laughs) I have to ask you, um, does your husband weigh like 300 pounds now because you've been feeding him so much cake? (laughs) so funny right so many people ask me that too I uh, initially I was baking so much I wanted to find the perfect recipe as well um, I was baking so much that yeah that was awesome like oh my god all this cake is amazing but very quickly people get tired of all the extra <laughs> leftover cake and they're like cake really no try a pie so this I, time <laughs> I know <laughs> can you find another hobby now can you start like <laughs> So we're actually pretty good. Like we're actually got self, like a uh, pretty good self-control now, uh-huh. but I can't, I admittedly, I can't resist a fresh cupcake just out of the oven. Like that oh. still does it for me. The smell. Oh, so good. So, okay. So I want to ask you a bunch of questions because, uh, you know, mm. in my email, I think I told you I'm not much of a baker. Um, I like to mm. think that I'm good at a few things, you know, like for cooking, I'm really good at pasta. And yeah. for baking, I, you know, I, I bake my first cake for my girlfriend's birthday because she's the baker. She's an ah. amazing baker. You guys will get along so well. Um, I love she, that. She's not a decorator, though. She does not, doesn't care much for decoration, but that's okay. Yes. Um, her cakes are excellent. I baked my first cake and it was a spice cake, uh, which is delicious. Yes, uh, that sounds really interesting. Is that what type of like, like, like? What type of spices you put like, in a spice? Oh uh, gosh, I don't remember. I, <laughs> I followed a recipe, my dear. I swear, I followed a recipe to the not like to the T. Like I was Good. very militant about yes. measuring properly, and Perfect. you know, you have to be. <laughs> is 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 that the trick? Is that really like just follow yeah. the recipe exactly the way it says? A hundred percent because baking is, is really like a science. Like, it's not like you can just, you know, it's not like a stir fry. You can just chuck a few things together and usually it turns out all right, you know, add a little bit more soy sauce here and there, whatever it is, but baking, oh my goodness, the amount of cake fails that I've had. And I actually, um, didn't like baking at all. (laughs) When I first started decorating, it was this hate relationship with it. Um, But it truly is about really being very meticulous with your measurements. You know, if you beat the eggs too much, you're going to have um, a more dense um, dry cake. It's it's so like, it's those little things that you don't even realize. Um, A lot of people tend to over mix their cakes as well. You actually don't need it. But some recipes say you have to mix a cake for like, five minutes at the end to really incorporate the ingredients but no (laughs) that's gonna make the cake again dense and dry you actually mix until it's just incorporated and then you pop it in the oven and so sometimes it's just having that little bit of experience too that helps like but if you're if you're a person going into it you, you don't know any of those little tips and tricks so but definitely follow the recipe if it's a good recipe to the tea like 
yeah, too much flour, too much eggs. Yeah, it can all just throw it throw it off. <laughs> well, I have to say, I mean, this was a, a very good re- recipe and I wish I could remember the, the name of the site. This is a, a, a very <laughs> common, I, I keep calling it like a different names, like Sassy something, Sassy Kitchen maybe or Sassy... <laughs> Oh gosh, I remember. I, no, I, I have no idea. I'll 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 post a link somewhere afterwards. <laughs> it's very very popular in Canada. This this one website for baking. Um, but I did follow the recipe. Now I also I wanted to ask you: Is it is this the the right way to know when a cake is done? Is to put a stick mm. into into it or like a like a you know a piece of wood or something? Yeah, right? there's a couple of different ways to do it. But yes, that is one of the surefire ways that you can check the cake um I usually recommend I give yeah a skewer like mm-hmm. that's what I usually do you pop the skewer in but even before then because <laughs> if you open your oven too early and your cake isn't done it, it may um collapse a little bit uh so if if you see that your cake uh, it's, it's tricky to kind of describe if you see that your cake is like uh jelly like like it's moving a little bit um, because sometimes it looks cooked on the top but on the inside it's still a little gooey because it's still all cooking so if you feel like just before you even open the oven I know you shouldn't quite do it but I kind of just give the oven a little bit of a a tap or a a tiny little shake and if you see the cake wobble that means no it's it's definitely not ready don't open up the oven otherwise your cake is going to because you've let all the hot air out it's going to escape away and it's and it's going to kind of collapse a little bit on itself making it a bit more more dense if that okay, makes so, sense so just hip check your your oven a little bit yeah a little, a little bit of a hip check I, do, I mean cake decorators will probably hate me for saying that because even shaking the oven will probably it's not a souffle <laughs> it's not gonna freaking die on us but um my oven's a, a stand kind of alone oven and I can kind of shake it that even if you open the oven door just a little bit that usually kind of garners like a little bit of movement mm-hmm. and if you can see that it's just a little bit wobbly just leave it in the oven for another five minutes but yeah usually I, I grab my skewer I check it if there's anything left on like any crumbs or anything left on the skewer it means it's not ready but the mistake that people tend to make is like oh yeah another 10 minutes no <laughs> don't leave it for another 10 minutes depending on if the if the skewer comes out really gooey um yeah maybe another five ten minutes but there's only a few crumbs kind of sticking to it give it another one or two minutes um otherwise it's just going to overcook and it's going to be dry (laughs) but another way that I test it because sometimes oh I don't have a wooden skewer on me is if you get your finger and you just kind of touch the top of the cake if the cake sinks in on itself that means it's not ready. But if it bounces back, if the cake bounces back when you press on it, um, that means it's all fully cooked through and you're good to take it out of the oven. <laughs> now, is that the same for a regular size cake and a cupcake? Uh, yes. From my experience, it is, at least from the recipes that I've used. I know, um, admittedly, I think it's been a while since I've baked a few different recipes. So my knowledge isn't probably quite up to par, but um, definitely for like, um, I'm not sure about mug cakes are a little bit different, um, but definitely for your usual like plain vanilla cupcake chocolate recipes that you see online. Um, uh, yeah, cupcakes and chocolate recipes, that's a good way to good way to tell. Okay, okay. Now you can, you can tell I'm going down from the basics to the top, right? So we're talking about the cake. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about the cake. I want to talk about the icing, which is my favorite part. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so my girlfriend introduced me to, um, what is it called? Buttercream icing? 
Yes. Um, that's what she oh, made my delicious. birthday cake with, I think, two years ago. Yeah, it's so, so good. And I had oh. the hardest time because for a spice cake, you don't use buttercream. You use a different kind of icing and it, you just couldn't do anything with it. And I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was it like might a, have been a Swiss meringue buttercream. No, it, a... it was like a whipped cream almost. You know? Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I don't I don't remember all the details. All I remember is that the, it was a bit of a fail. I had an idea in my head and it did not materialize. But that being said, what is the easiest kind of icing for people to use for cake decoration? God, it would be buttercream. It would be the um, American buttercream. I would say it's really straightforward and Wait, easy. Is there a difference? So, is there like an Australian yeah. buttercream? Oh, no, there isn't. Okay. As, far, as far as I'm aware. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a, a Italian meringue and there's a French meringue buttercream and then there's an American buttercream. Those are kind of like the main three that cake decorators use. Um, I always found in Australia, I always preferred the American buttercream because it's a crusting buttercream. It actually has some structure and strength to it. And because Australia summers are damn hot <laughs> well hot all year round really especially in the humidity so I found that using that type of buttercream as well whenever I'm piping um actually held itself it wasn't going to melt onto my plate um so I'd highly recommend American buttercream and it's really quite straightforward so it's a one to two ratio so it's like one parts um icing sugar um sorry, two parts icing sugar, one part butter. So really straightforward. Um, so if you know you had, uh, uh, what is it, 100 grams of icing sugar, it would be 50 grams of butter. Right. And what you do is you just whip up your butter uh, for a good 10 minutes in a mixer and then slowly add in your icing sugar, really beating between each time you, like probably I had icing sugar in, in quarters, quarter batches um and yeah adding a little bit of milk because if it's a bit too thick adding in some vanilla extract for the extra sweetness and you're done okay. um it's delicious and easy to pull together and it's great for decorating i just remembered the icing on the cake i believe it was a cream cheese frosting and oh, that was yum. impossible it was delicious but it was impossible to actually work with right i mean cream cheese that frosting is, is so really good. hard to work with yes especially the cream cheese element it's yeah. um it's the cream cheese that wouldn't give it that doesn't give it that that full stability like the American yep. buttercream does. I mean, it tastes damn delicious though. <laughs> it's delicious on carrot cake, especially, right? Oh um, my gosh, yes, yeah. can't beat that. <laughs> so so good. somebody who's new to piping. I mean, hmm. I remember when I was young. You know, I'd help my mom decorate a cake. You just take a, you know, I don't know if you have Ziploc bags. You know, in, in Australia, you yes. Yeah, okay. Do you call them that? Awesome. Is that what you call yes, them? Yes, we do. Okay, great. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so you just, you know, put your icing in a Ziploc bag, just cut the corner, and that's the easy kind of poor person's way of doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, uh, my, my partner introduced me to the one with the little cardboard thing at the end, and then the metal piece that connects to it, and it's got different uh, patterns. Um, yes, like on the tips and everything. Yeah, the tips and all that. Uh, what are your recommendations for piping bags and what are some, um, I guess, common mistakes that people make when they're using them? Yeah, good question. So, look, I always preferred uh, reusable um, sorry, not reusable, disposable piping bags, the plastic ones that you can buy. I know Wilton is a very popular brand. 
I originally went into, you, you see the like, I actually did originally try the Ziploc bag technique, yeah. but I must have bought some really low quality bags because every time I went to pipe with them, the seams would break and I couldn't pipe with them and the buttercream would just go everywhere. So that's when I officially upgraded to a disposable piping bag. Um, and just because I don't have to, not great for the environment I get, but at least I didn't have to clean up uh, right. the bag afterwards. I know a lot of cake decorators do sometimes um, prefer to use the more material bags, like, uh, you know, like actual material. They, they put the, the buttercream in and use that and they can rewash it and use it again. But I just found that it's just, I, I hate cleaning them. Absolutely hate it. Um, and because I had so many different size piping tips, I would have to buy so many different material. And I just, no, disposable bags all the way. I feel like they've at least got that strength to hold the buttercream in. And um, especially when, because you have to apply pressure to that bag to get the buttercream out. And depending on your piping tip, it might be a very small hole that you need to pipe through and the amount of pressure that you apply on it like you, you need something that's dirty so that's what I recommend I think the thing that I see oh, common mistakes it's a good question I think um what people don't realize is that when you fill the bag with buttercream is that there there are kind of potential air pockets that are in there so if you don't fill the buttercream up uh, a certain way um they're trapped little air pockets so when you pipe um you're in the middle of creating this amazing buttercream rosette and then suddenly poof like all this buttercream just like puffs out because there's an air pocket in there <laughs> so what i would recommend is that before you even start piping is to just pipe a little bit um of the buttercream into just a spare bowl just to release any initial air bubbles that might be down the bottom there um, something as well, um, with buttercream, some people when they, cause you can actually, I don't know if people realize this, but you can freeze buttercream and use it later, which is absolutely awesome. Um, Ooh. what I see people do is I, I see them defrost it or they take it out of the fridge, defrost it in the microwave or just let it sit. That's totally fine. And they pop it straight into the bag but you actually need to put it back into your mixer and give it another good mix because it's been sitting, um, uh, I suppose, congested isn't the right word, just compacted in in the fridge. It, 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 the texture isn't right because you've just defrosted it. So you need to, to bring back a bit of smoothness into your buttercream and so that your piping actually looks good. So if you go from uh, straight from the fridge, defrosting it into a bag, when you pipe, you're going to get all these I call them furry edges, but really rough textured edges on everything that you pipe. Really just give it a good mix in the, in the mixing bowl uh, for a good five minutes and then pop it in the bag and use it. That's a great well. tip. Yeah, yeah, especially the, the freezer one I did not know about. Yeah, it's so handy. Like, don't feel like you have to make everything the day of or the day before. Like, it's so stressful, especially when you have a busy life as yes. well. So if you know you're going to be making this cake in a couple of weeks, hell yeah, make that buttercream in advance and pop it in the freezer. Like, save yourself the stress right. <laughs> and the time when leading up to it. But I think, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else, but I those are the two main ones that kind of come to me. Just making sure that when um, you do pipe as well, that I actually twist the end of the piping bag 
um, at the end. So some people just go ahead, grab the bag and start squeezing, but all the buttercream just comes out at the <laughs> other end. Like it's not, so you just give it a good squeeze, like so a, a, a tied up at the end and, and squeeze it um, just so that you don't have all that buttercream coming out. Right. <laughs> and piping is probably one of the most basic skills for cake decorating, correct? Yeah. Look, um, definitely a good starting point. I think, to get into. I always wanted, and that, that's actually where I started as well. I started learning the basics. So like a buttercream swirl, you know, those like soft serve ice creams. Yeah. That's exactly the type of swirl that you get when you use an open or a closed star tip. So it's such a classic and I love it. So I always recommend people starting off with that. And then also um, using, um, so piping rosettes, which use exactly the same tips. It's just that you move the piping bag in a different way. So it's, you know, you can get quite a few good uses out of one tip. Okay, very, very interesting. Mm. Now, the other kind of icing that is extremely popular in cake decoration mm. is, and I don't know how to say it in English because I'm French-Canadian, so I'm going to say it in French, fondant. Uh, oh, is it, is it oh, fondant? Oh, that sounds fancy. I love it. Fondant. <laughs> fondant. I know that... Okay. Um, I mean, that's how Australians pronounce it, but I know some people in America say fondant, fondant, oh. and I'm like, that sounds a bit weird. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's the influence from French Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds actually really nice. I might adopt your pronunciation. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> say yeah, that to fondant. your clients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that it looks so complicated. I, I, I have no idea how it's done. Um, I, I would love to know more. So how... How is it done? Is is it just something that yeah. you kind of like throw over the cake? Like how does it work? I know. It's it's something that um it's actually fondant is one of my uh, I don't say specialized abilities, but it, uh, I definitely gravitated towards that over buttercream. I found that I had more of a natural ability with fondant. So um, although I saw myself as this incredible buttercream queen, <laughs> really, uh, I, I found it difficult to work with in our climate. So I went with fondant and actually the uh the more you know about fondant the more you'd think no it wouldn't work in your climate either (laughs) because it actually it it is really a a tricky beast to tame and people go in expecting it to be like clay or play-doh but it it's not it has its own little personality quirks (laughs) so uh fondant really uh where do you start hates any type of humidity or wetness. So when um, you have a humid climate or environment or it's really hot outside, it's going to be really sticky and really hard to work with. It won't hold its shape with, uh, you know, making bunny rabbits or whatever you're modeling from it. It won't hold its shape. It actually thrives in a cool and dry climate. But uh, twist, it actually dries really quickly in a cool, dry climate. So as soon as fondant is taken out of the packet and exposed to air, it starts to dry out. Now, most of the time, that's what you want it to do. But there's this small window where you go, oh my goodness, I have to model with fondant before it dries. So it, it becomes this kind of race against time sometimes. So um yeah, so when it's exposed to air, it starts to dry out. In a cooler, dry climate, it's going to be so much easier to use. It's going to be more stable, less sticky. It's going to hold its shape, but it also dries out quicker. So you, the more that you use fondant, the more that you kind of understand your climate and how it kind of behaves. 
in your climate and, and what you can do to kind of circumnavigate those issues. So humidity here is definitely one that um, a problem that I face here in central Queensland where I live. Um, so I usually have to create this kind of makeshift like superficial environment. So I have my air conditioner on dry mode. So a lot of people um, when they use fondant and it's hot and it's sticky, of course you want want to cool the room down just to just to make this fondant workable. So they put it um, on cooling mode, but the cooling mode actually has moisture. Like it it wow. it doesn't take out that moisture in the air. So it's you know fondant hates moisture. It's not gonna it's not gonna work for you. So always turn your aircon to dry mode whenever you're working with fondant. Takes out that moisture in the air, but also cools down that room, and it's gonna be a way better temperature. <laughs> So in a um, in a in a cold drier climate like Canada, mm. especially in the winter time, uh, I guess you would throw throw on like a heater or something. Yeah, look, that's a really good question, and it's actually not something I have experience with because I uh, we even winters in Queensland where I live are like <laughs> aren't even winter. Um, it's right. you know, I, and I and I was gonna say, oh, it's like. 20 degrees, but you guys work in Fahrenheit. So I know we're in Celsius. We're in Celsius. Oh, no, you are in Celsius. Awesome. Yeah, we're good. Um, (laughs) Yes. So, like during the day, at least where I live, it's like a cool, it could be 23 degrees. Um, And then in the evenings, it would get quite cool maybe 18 degrees but but that's our winter that's barely anything compared oh, yeah, to nothing to the, no no <laughs> no so I've never had that much experience I know that some people um just from where I've read on blogs or other people's experiences um it, it is it's so hard to warm up your hands so sometimes people will place their hands in front of a heater before using fondant some people will throw the fondant in um, the microwave for about 10 seconds just to heat the fondant through to make it more workable um but yeah I, I couldn't imagine how tough it would be when it's so cold the fondant would be so hard to work with I, I, I yeah yeah I mean you know I, I've done some sculpting in in, in my lifetime and sculpting oh. with clay in a cold you know room is is obviously yeah. going to be a lot harder so I guess the, yeah. the gist of this is with fondant make sure that you are using the right environment and mm. that you know your environment and that you can mitigate you know, whatever it is that you need to, to change for your environment. Totally. Now, you said something really interesting when you were talking. You were talking about sculpting um, fondant. And I, I, it just it just finally clicked. Um, in your portfolio, you have these amazing little cupcakes with pancakes and a yeah. banana split. And all these little sculptures. Are those <laughs> actually made with fondant? Yes, they no most definitely are. Yeah. It's a crazy ride. I Whoa. and the reason why I love cupcakes so much is that it's such a small surface area and it really challenges you to really think outside the box but also to yeah, to create something like amazing in such a small area. Oh, so how? <laughs> so what I want to know, I'm, I have two questions on this, okay? First of all, yeah. Um, what tools do you use to work in such mm. a small format? And also the second mm. question I have is how did you get the colors so right? Yeah, that's a big thing because I, um, um, miniature food, creating realistic miniature food and fondant is something that I really love doing. And there's a few different things that, that kind of add to that realism. So one is natural colorings. It's really taking a look at your, um, 
your sauce, I suppose. So an actual like banana, like the insides of a banana, it's not bright yellow. Um, it's, it's that softer kind of pale, barely even yellow sometimes. It's verging on the end of that very pale. Like you really have to be mindful of your color choices and be very intentional um, to relating it back to your source photo or what you're copying. So I usually start with, with coloring, I usually start with a very neutral color palette. So I usually work in um, with whites, uh, with pale yellows because that not only is that good for bananas it's good for for dough as well <laughs> just like like when you're replicating yeah. fruit and fondant like for dough or pizza or whatever it is um and then also some um yeah more of those natural brown tones as well um so that's uh it's, it's really just being mindful of that and not going too over the top and introducing um elements like the pancakes you mentioned there's like a piece of butter that's sitting on the top that looks very melted and what i've used there is a, a clear um gel edible like gel uh, to to kind of and mixed in with a little bit of yellow to make that look like um, wow. the butter melting off the yeah so uh, it's just little extra. Uh, bits of knowledge, it really is all comes down to to experimenting and your experience with fondant and discovering in your journey these amazing different tools and edible products that you can use. So, yeah, a majority um, um, of my creations, uh, what was I going to say? It's, do you it's use, amazing. Do you use, um, are there special like food um, paintbrushes? Um, they, no, they're, no. oh, look. No, there isn't. I usually just oh. buy just tiny little brushes I get from like the craft store. Okay. I utilize that. Um, sometimes I'm after like a, um, a really, sometimes, you know, when you overuse a paintbrush and you don't look after it right and it gets all frayed and frizzled. I love those brushes because that's really great for applying because what I use as well as little, um, not only little icings and fondant um, to create my little miniature pieces, it's also color dusts. So color dusts also help me to layer color onto my fondant uh, and to create that those realistic uh, textures and colors as well, like something like a uh, croissant, like there's so many different layers of browns because it's cooking in the oven, it's getting crispy on the top, but it's a little uh, lighter doughy at the bottom. It's so starting with a, a pale yellow fondant base, I can build up my colors using dusts and with those particular scrappy little brushes <laughs> to build that up. So that's the colors. Um, a one aspect of how to how to make realistic food. And then the second aspect of it is like you mentioned, the tools. So actually using textures, uh, really replicating those. So I actually use a really basic tool set. I don't actually use anything fancy. I use scrunched tin foil. Um, I use um, paper towel. There's a couple of standard like cake tools that you can use just really easy modeling tools that I use to just do impressions. Sometimes I use my fingers. Like it, it's actually not fancy. It's really just <laughs> really basic and, and simple techniques that you can use just to create something amazing. Have you, have you taken to uh, sculpting with clay? I haven't. Okay. And actually it's something that I would have really loved to do because I feel as though, um, 
I don't know. I would actually, I really would love to dive into it. I want to see if I can actually replicate. <laughs> yeah, I'd be really curious, the, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost the same thing in a way. Yes. And I feel as though, I mean, having not really worked with clay, so you can totally shoot me down if this is the case. <laughs> I feel like it would just be a little bit easier because yeah. fondant is so, um, like I can't drag a tool through fondant um, and have it shape accordingly or, or, or cut, use a knife to cut fondant. It's not going to be a smooth cut. So I have to be really careful with how I manipulate fondant um, because it, it, yeah, it just doesn't behave yeah <laughs> the same. Well, I feel like with clay I've I don't know I feel like it's a little bit different it might be a bit easier to shape and make things smaller um yeah totally. I don't know. <laughs> and it'll, it'll also depend what kind of clay you use right because there's there's oil-based yes. clay that you use to 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 create oh. molds um yeah. and and I I use oil-based clay just to just for fun just to do things that I'm going to tear down after that I, I don't yeah. want to keep and then you have you know the air drying clay and then you have the the sculpey that you can just bake yes so many options I'm, I'm oh. really really curious and and you know I and I ask this question a lot of people who work with little tiny tools like I mm. asked my my dental surgeon one time I was like do you ever work with clay you know <laughs> I love that. I just, That's I think so true, it's, though. it's transferable, right? It's um, so, so true. And it really, look, it, those tiny little creations are so damn finicky. Um, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I wish my, I don't even have fat fingers, but I just wish that I had small little fingers <laughs> that might help a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. But it really is like perfecting, like, uh, you know, some people, um, it's funny, like, I actually go, when, when I create something, I either go really big or I go really small. There's right. never like this this in between. Uh, but I know a lot of people struggle to replicate um, some of my miniature designs because they're just not used to <laughs> the intricacies that come with it. <laughs> how, how, what's, what's been the perception like when you tell people what you do for a mm. living? Do they think mm. you're a little wacky? I, I think the perception is, it's like, oh, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, oh, you must eat cake all day. That's so amazing. Um, oh, your parents must get so many cakes. They're so lucky. Um, but it's really not the case at all. Um, I feel as though with maybe with creative businesses more so that then we're not really taken as seriously as someone who, for instance, maybe a freelance accountant or yeah, I, 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 my perception is not that anyone has has told me that per se, but just from the responses from people, I don't think they really take me that serious. That and sometimes, seriously. and sometimes that's fine too, right? I mean, you're just doing it's your true. own thing. Um, how, totally. How, uh, how hard has it been, or how easy has it been to actually find mm-hmm. clients for your, you know, for your amazing courses that you offer, which you also offer remotely. Thanks which yes. means anybody in Canada could potentially book you, um, so, you know. So how, how has that, that been? How's that been in terms of finding clients? It's, yeah, a mixture of both. Um, it's definitely in this last year I've had a really great response locally for in-person classes. I don't know whether it's just because people are so desperate from COVID um, just, well, when I say that, like Queensland where I live, we had – 
one lockdown, which went for four weeks. And since then, we have pretty much been living a, a normal life. And I very am so grateful, so incredibly wow, thankful. I'm, I'm and envious. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and that's just where I live in Queensland. I know some of the other states have a bit of a different story. But, um, but still, during that time, even though we could go out, do the normal things, a lot of events just were cancelled. Um, just as a precaution. So I think by the time I started to reintroduce in-person classes back back into my community, everyone was so excited um, to trial something new and uh, actually uh, get inspired and do something different, uh, which, which I absolutely love. I think uh, when I first started business though, I really struggled with getting clients for my cake orders because I one of the big challenges that came uh, I mean, it, there's a, just a, a roller coaster ride, really, business ownership. <laughs> mm-hmm. But one of the main challenges for me was actually putting myself out there and marketing myself so I could attract clients to to my cakes and later on my classes. I was actually really, really anxious about posting anything online. I would second guess myself. I was afraid that people were going to judge me, that they wouldn't like my cakes, wouldn't like my opinions. And so when I decided to consciously make the decision to be a business, I found that transition quite hard. Like I was getting my usual um, clientele, you know, your regulars coming in, but no one, no one knew um, into the fold. So when I would post on social media, because I was so anxious and scared about it, I would really kind of hold myself back. But I thought at the time I was I was just trying to be professional, but likable enough that people wouldn't have the chance to judge me on that. But it came, the turning point for me was when I realized it was actually a problem, it was when I realized I just wasn't getting enough money through that door at all. And I had to put on my adult pants mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at the numbers and really admit to myself that I really was at this point a glorified hobby, which I hated to admit, but it was necessary because I was then able to make the changes that I needed to in my business to attract my clientele. So it was really hard, honestly, because when you've been hiding yourself for so long, it, it the you know it's not natural to then suddenly just go all in. But I decided that I needed to really educate myself on social media and Instagram in particular really caught my eye. So that's when I enrolled in an Instagram masterclass and it was so helpful. And not only um, were there some amazing tips and knowledge on there that I learned how to interact with people on social media, kind of gave me a good clue on how to interact with people um, in person as well. As even in person, I was trying to be professional and be this kind of professional persona, um, this this kind of shell of a person of myself. Um, so yeah, that really kind of started the transition for me, and I eventually ended up liking and following quite a few people on social media, business owners who embraced their creativity, like their own self, um, and and received amazing engagement. Um, and and those sales that they wanted. And it was amazing. And I thought, well, if they can do it, then, then surely I can do it. And so it really, that was like a turning point for me when I started to 
embrace myself more online and give more of myself over to my clientele and um, my audience and and people I network with. And I had such an incredible response to it. And that's not to say I didn't struggle because so many times I went to post something and I wanted to change what I was saying or I was too scared. And I, props to me, I, 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 I told myself, no, you have to post it. Um, you have to stay true to this new direction because you know what you were previously doing wasn't working. So why do that again? So it was through a lot of persistence um, through posting that I, I finally became more comfortable with sharing myself and people kind of gravitated towards me in this way. So when I, before I started to really embrace myself fully online, I probably had, I think it was around 1200 followers on Instagram. Um, and then after a year of, and, and granted the algorithm was a bit different back then. Mm-hmm, yes. <laughs> um, uh, but after a year, um, I had just over 10,000 followers Wow! just through embracing myself, my opinions and owning who I was. And through that, and I, I was able to connect with so many people um, who wanted to order from me, who wanted me to have, I think I scored a tutorial in an instant, like I submitted a tutorial for an international cake magazine by a simple like DM message because I was, it, it's just amazing how those opportunities have come about. So I've been up for awards. Um, I've been uh, featured in international magazines. I've had so much growth. So it's it's amazing from where I started to where I am now. Um, I definitely take a bit more pride in myself. And, you know, what's I always ask myself, what's the worst that could happen? What's what's the worst that could happen? Delete a comment that someone wrote on my feed? Like, that's easy. So it's just about changing the perspective on it. So, yeah, it wasn't that's always a, easy. That's quite the step forward because I know from experience yes. being in artistic circles that one of the hardest things for an artist is to sell themselves. Oh, Yeah. And to promote 100%. themselves and to do so in a way that's authentic, that's real, that's that doesn't diminish their yes. their person and their their creative, you know, personalities. Because <sighs> as artists, we mm-hmm. already don't fit into society. Um, yes. You know, there's that struggle of of like you said, like the 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 kind of um influence to to be to be some professional being that you're not. Yes. and not feel like an outcast so uh, bravo on doing that oh thank you it's definitely oh I'm so glad that I did it honestly and I I think I've come to realize that a lot of people actually admire how different that we are like Mm -hmm. as as artists and that's really the humanizing of I mean we are our business right and and people gravitate towards people who are different and uh, yeah I, I feel as though we have this thing in our head of ourselves where people actually admire us more than we think we do not like fawning over us or anything <laughs> but are actually like inspired how different we are I know that I went to a networking event last year late last year and typically I would wear my professional chef's jacket um, but I decided last minute, hell, I actually want to make a jacket. So I, I um, grabbed a denim jacket from the, the thrift store and I hot glue gunned all these artificial flowers on it. And it looked amazing. It's a beautiful <laughs> flower jacket. And I ended up wearing it to the networking event. And I had so many people come up to me and go, oh my gosh, your jacket is amazing. Like, and, and 
because they saw my jacket and saw how different it was, they kind of sparked that conversation. We made a connection for business and it's kind of led to a couple more opportunities for me, which, which I wouldn't have even thought of at the time. I just wanted to have this, you know, I had this creative moment and I went for it and I attracted all these people to me and I've even, it's been probably five months since that networking event and I still have people commenting to me about that jacket. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, someone, a business, fellow business owner told me, oh my goodness, you inspired me to rework my whole uniform. So she has a business and she had a typical gray neutral color palette uniform and now she's hot pink. <laughs> Uh, nice. And I, I absolutely love that. And so nice. it, it, you don't even realize how much you affect people. Like you don't go in thinking that, but oh my goodness, it's funny. It's amazing just by doing, just being you. Well, I think, I hope, I hope a lot of artists listen to this, to, to this particular episode, uh, because it is, it is a common theme that I try to bring up with other artists, right? It's mm. things like imposter syndrome, uh, oh, you know, yeah. and, and the, the, the feeling that you don't deserve pro promoting yourself and things like that. So yes. I, uh, I'm curious, Amber, have you, uh, have you tried TikTok yet? No, ah. I haven't, but I am on, I know I always feel as though I'm going to spread myself too thin. So mm -hmm. I always stay with good old Facebook or Instagram, but I have recently been getting into Instagram reels, which I know ah. is like the ripoff of TikTok, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is actually really fun. But there are some amazing TikTok videos out there, uh, especially cake related that I need to get in on, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun to watch even, you know, I, I yes. have, um, it's funny because I, I have so many different projects. One of the projects you're probably not aware of is that I do microscopic um like I have uh, I do like science communication and I have yeah. a TikTok account but it's all like um microscopic creatures but I spend a lot oh of time goodness. consuming content on TikTok and I have yeah. seen some amazing uh, cake things so I just had to know if you were on there because I was going to like follow <laughs> you right away but uh, definitely we will follow you on Instagram what is your Instagram account name um, my Instagram account is commies.cupcakes. So C-O-M-M-I-E-S dot cupcakes. So Wonderful. That's my go-to. I only just started getting to reels. So that's, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I've got a few more planned this coming week. So, <laughs> well, okay. So we have, uh, just a few, literally a couple of minutes left. I wanted to know what's the future of commies cupcakes. Yes. Oh my goodness. I would really love to reach out to more international uh, students. That's my my big aim. Uh, as, as you mentioned previously, I do have um, more online-based classes, but I, uh, you know, connecting with people online and having one-on-one -on -one classes with people, but I would love to reach out more, really promote that more. I, you know, just just help other people outside of Australia, my local community. I would love to um, love to be a part of other people's success stories and help them to achieve their dreams. I think that would be amazing. I would also love to be a part of um, some more business-related events, women in business, business events as well, really connecting with women and really sharing my journey, hoping that they might be able to learn something 
something from me. Yes. <laughs> it's a little old me, but it's I, I get so inspired by other people's businesses, and I, I like seriously so excited and inspired. I love being a part of those networking groups and discovering businesses I had no idea about. So I'd love to be more involved in that area. But in Cake World, definitely just reaching more internationally. I would love to attend and teach at larger cake events. Uh, really getting that opportunity to connect with so many cake decorators. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, you could probably do like uh, corporate events or something, even if the oh. corporate event is in Canada or, or in the US. I would love that. Do Honestly, it all it's amazing. You know? I actually love, um, it's so true. So much potential nowadays yeah. isn't there with technology. But I know next month I'm teaching two classes. It's a mixture of cake decorating, but also business life lessons as well. So it's, Ooh. I love it. I love that it's amalgamation of, um, of business learnings, but also having fun with cupcakes too and how they kind of correlate to each other. So I would love to get involved in more stuff like that, more corporate corporate events. So hell For yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure, that sounds like a good plan. Listen, Amber, it has been a real pleasure. You're um, very warm and very open and uh, I really you. appreciate uh, speaking to you and learning a lot more about cake making and, and icing, yes. which I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing with a little bit more as I have more time. <laughs> Uh, so I appreciate you being on the show. I love that. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been absolutely fantastic. (laughs) 